And you all thought that all that white smoke tonight was from fireworks. Instead, it was billowing along the top of SAP Center as we've named a new GM unofficially. Oh, yay. That's right. We have a new leader of the empire that is the San Jose Sharks. Yay! <laughs> what up, everybody? Uh, of course they had to do this on 4th of July. Like the, of course. This had to break now. It couldn't have, I don't know, waited a day. But, <laughs> you know, for all the talk about keeping everything under wraps and if a name got out there that it was damn near disqualifying. Mike Greer's name has been out there for a little while. Yep. So makes you wonder if that was all bullshit. <laughs> so what do we got here, Eric? I mean, Mike Greer, former shark played here a couple seasons, mm -hmm. uh, worked with the devil's franchise, worked with the Rangers franchise. I believe he's a yeah. scout or no assistant coach. He was, yeah. He was, he was an a scout for the Blackhawks. Uh, an assistant with the Devils, and then what, what, what have you been doing for the Rangers? Uh, he was a, uh, a consultant uh, as a hockey operations advisor uh, God, a little a over a year ago. title. <laughs> so you're supposed to, what, what I would gather was he was working on and off ice uh, with it. Picture it as a, as a step below AGM, but also like a developmental coach, uh, sort of like Mike Ricci for the Rangers. Hmm. So... Uh, but yeah, Mike Greer, of course, former Shark from 06 to 09, uh, sandwiched in between two stints with Buffalo, with Washington. Of course, he started his career in Edmonton, uh, you know, 383 points in over a thousand games. Uh, as you said, he was an assistant coach for, for a few seasons and then he uh, went to the front office. Uh, so... Well, look, his, his brother's the GM of the Dolphins, so yep. clearly there's fish in the family. And tealish. Yeah. Uh, father, I think, has roots, managerial sports, if I remember correctly. So definitely a background in with the uh, in the family and in the and now going into the organization here. So uh, a big one here uh, as we uh, break it all down. I mean, uh, he'll be the fifth full-time GM uh, in Sharks franchise history, going all the way from between Jack Ferreira, uh, Chuck Grillo when he was doing the two-headed monster with Dean Lombardi, then Dean himself, then then DW. So uh, for 31 years, to have just five GMs, plus Joe Will filling in uh, for the few months here. Joe Will! Joe Will! That's for jerk. Yeah. Huh. Well, at least at least it's finally done, and the people on Sharks fan Facebook can like calm their tits. Holy no, we crap! Got it. No, we got it, dude. We have to we have to figure out a general uh, a new head coach now. Now, does he bring in David Quinn, the former Rangers coach? Well, that has a that is a name that's been bandied about. Yeah. Uh, the the thing for me that I that I 
I don't know, that I kind of wonder about. And I'm hoping this gets asked during the media session tomorrow when they introduce Greer. But my 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 take is, what was wrong with Bugner? You know, <laughs> like that. That's I, I'm hoping somebody's going to ask that. Uh, if I would, you know, if my schedule allowed, I'd be there to ask that question. If nobody else would, but it does make you wonder. Like, if they're announcing this tomorrow, and they, you know, lay off Bugner. What was it last Thursday? Last Friday. Last Friday. So clearly they were dotting I's, crossing T's. It's a holiday weekend, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a part of me, from what I had understood is that they weren't, initially they were not going to announce this before the draft. So I, I wonder if all the leaks maybe kind of accelerated this announcement. Uh, but uh, the Sharks leave, love to keep people in the dark. But maybe also it was uh, the backlash they got for firing Buchner. Solid point. Solid point. Uh, there, there are already people that are uh, kind of questioning if the Sharks were swayed one way or the other. You know, because we've heard there were three finalists, four finalists, five finalists, whatever. Whether it was Ray Whitney or Garpenloff or Mellonby or whoever. There was so many names that were kind of thrown out there. Uh, but it does make you wonder, this is a feather in the cap to name the first black GM in the NHL. And and a big, uh, you know, kudos to the organization for not going with just the atypical, you know, recycled guy. I mean, I'm, I'm appreciative of that. I, yeah. I, I definitely... Like, yeah, let's get some new blood up in here. Let's not do the same things over and over and over. So I'm finally, finally, okay. Now, it makes me wonder, because we've got new blood in the GM office, will we see new blood behind the bench? Yeah, that's that's the big one. You know, because when they, they let, go, let go of Madden and McLean and Bugner and Darrow, they still held on to Nabby. You know, so he's still here. I'm still a little shocked that they let go of Darrow, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. That dude was eagle-eyed. They would, he, <laughs> was there a call that he came down with that didn't go their way this season? <laughs> no. And you mentioned that before on the other the other day. It's like, you know, I think they had the most successful um, challenge calls since they've been introducing the coaches' challenge. Yeah. Darrow was on <laughs> it. So I was a little, I was a little su- surprised by that. Uh, but we're, we're going to see how this, I guess, a new era comes to be, uh, Mike, you, you got your work cut out for you, bro. This is not, I don't know that this is an, en- an enviable, enviable position. There's only 32 of them. Yeah. So if Greer can somehow figure a way to navigate out of the contract hell that this team is in and install whether it's revamping the scouting and development staff, obviously the head coaching, if he can navigate his way out of this, he, he's going to be able to write his own check. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I, I, it's an uphill battle. Does he declare the rebuild? <laughs> that's that's a big one. You know, that, oh, that's another question, dude. That's what I want to hear somebody 
ask because you know there there are some people out there that say they're already rebuilding they just won't admit it well yeah it, the other thing too is where does greer believe the rebuild's at or the reset <laughs> or or what was the word oh evolution uh, the you re-establishment wonder... yeah yeah <sighs> I mean, it's it's a big one and it's it's i think the questions that get answered tomorrow or tuesday if you're watching this in the morning you know um it, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what what the direction is uh, hell we got a super chat yeah hold up dude bozo really <laughs> ten dollars for, for my haircut i'm going for the timo meyer i just gotta i gotta let it grow a little bit longer but yeah i'm going for the yeah Fade on the sides, kind of long, pushed back on the top. I'm going for the Timo. We'll get there. It takes time. Doesn't happen overnight. Uh, but speaking of the chat, let's hit up some of these uh, right now. Dave B. Pilot asks, uh, he wants to ask, what directions will, or what direction will the Sharks go? Yeah, that's a solid question. Can you admit to a rebuild or... And, and how do you put on a straight face saying that when you just signed the hurdle deal? You know what I mean? Yeah. I that's, mean. that's, that's good. And not to mention the fact that, uh, Joe will, Joe will, well. uh, seems to be a really big Mark Edward Vlasic fan. I wonder if the buyout question is going to come up tomorrow. You, you would think. Uh, I'm, I'm with Joe Will. I say, you know what? Make him the highest paid seventh defenseman. I'm fine with that because the penalty is just too severe to do it right now. Let him, mm -hmm. let him get to that three-team no trade next season and see if it doesn't open up after they miss the playoffs for the fourth straight year. Um, what else did I see here uh, in the chat? The Sharks, Jared saying, the Sharks are too fixated on the whole prereq of being a past Shark or Shark alumni. I kind of agree with that when you look at some of the names that we're bandied about. And, and well, look how many former sharks are in the are in the org or in the coaching staff. You know, uh, mm -hmm. Marshmint, Ricci, Nabokov. Not saying they're not qualified for it, but you know, you can look out outside the organization for such too. But are other franchises similar? I mean, look at look at Colorado. I mean, Joe Sakic. Look at. L.A. Rob Blake, mm -hmm. so it's, it's not like Robitaille is, a, is the team president. Yeah, the the shark. This is not a new thing. <laughs> the sharks are not breaking any molds with this. True. So, um, anybody else in the chat here? I'm looking for the questions. Dan Boyle behind the bench. <laughs> I I don't hate that idea. I don't think he's ready for it, but I don't hate that idea. I know somebody else brought up the idea of Owen Nolan. Like, Owen Nolan, he just wants to fish. Right. He is done with the NHL. And same with Patty. You know, when everybody asks, well, what about Patrick Marlowe? I was like, no, nah, I think I think he wants to enjoy Disneyland with his kids and his family, you know? Yeah, but see, that's the thing is I think when it comes to Marlowe, I think it, it does have to do with family. I think yeah. with Nolan, he left the NHL with such a bitter taste in his mouth for the NHL that I think he's just like, no, fuck them. Uh, you know, I'm more than happy when the Sharks reach out to me to do glad handing, do meet and greets, all yep. that type of stuff. I'll, I'm right there, first in line. But if the NHL wants something from me, kiss my ass. He, he's 
he's no, not doing it. So I don't think he Nolan has no interest. And I think if he did, he'd already be somewhere doing something. Yeah, you would have thought by now, especially since he was such a, a long time NHL or we would have picked he had had his choice in organizations you would have gone to. Dude, he's and, he's work he's probably working on some like reality show for the fishing network or something. <laughs> He he had one for a little bit, didn't he? It wouldn't surprise me. Get him a YouTube show, you know. Do something like that. (laughs) Oh, Dave also saying Darrow shouldn't have been let go. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way on that. I was a little surprised by that. Like of all the people that you let go, let go. Like that that was one where it was just like there was. What was there to complain about? Yeah, unless you're getting Brett Heimlich back from Colorado, who was here. I mean. But that's no guarantee. Uh, let me see. I'm okay. It's obviously shenanigans, but spelled with numbers. Uh, do you think it's possible for the Sharks to make the final in the next five years? No, I don't. Not with these contracts. Not with these current contracts. No. No. The next five years, maybe in five six years, once they get out of all all these deals, that's the big one. Is whether or not uh, they'll be around. Well, and it comes down to how well can they continue to draft? Like, there's been all tons of speculation, uh, and and I'm with it. Like, I'm excited about the pipeline. You know, there's a we're not, you know, swimming in blue chip prospects, but look, man. I mean, people are aware of names like you know Goudreau, Co, Robbins. You know, obviously Weisblatt and, and Bordalo and Eklund and all those, but there's at least like like you feel like there's something there. Like you're going to hit on at least a couple of those, and maybe that helps the turnaround. Maybe it accelerates it if we're lucky. I want to know what we got the GM thing right. I mean, there's a list, head coaching, right? Got to deal with behind the bench. There's another big question that's sitting over the oh, like a cloud over SAP. Who's getting moved out of the net? You're not rolling with three goalies. No, no. You tried that the first year the uh, the team <laughs> that didn't work out too well. Uh, but oh, it, it also depends on what they can get for one of these guys. Well, what they can get, but I think it also determines. You know, Mike Greer is going to have to figure out like what is the path moving forward. Is it is it a case of we're going to hold on to Reimer and Kakinen because yes, Reimer's older, but he gave us huge minutes last season, and he'll be this kind of stopgap. And and you know, and it could be a very case the very case of Kakinen is your starter, Reimer's there to back him up, mm-hmm. and you roll with that in the hopes that Godro is going to step in in the next year or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's very fluid there because nobody signed over next year, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think this is last year for uh for Hill for Reimer and it, yeah, Reimer and Hill and then in Kakinen is what? RFA? Yeah, he's an RFA right now and I think he's arbitration eligible if I'm not mistaken. So, oh, Sharks. Oh, Kakinen, you're going to get bent over, you know. Uh, yeah, Kakinen is arbitration eligible, and then Hill and Reimer are UFAs after the next season. There you go. 
Uh, Skyler, did Greer play with Vlasic? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Remember, Vlasic now at this point is the only shark on the team to have ever skated in the logo that Puck Guy has on his chest right now. I'm just saying. Vlasic is the last one. Yep. Uh, or I should well, say skated in that jersey. Yeah, you know, people are going to get technical and go, oh, 25th and 30th Heritage and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. <laughs> Calm down. You caught yourself. That's yeah, fine. you know what I meant. Stop it. <laughs> <sighs> Give me a break. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Dave saying, oh, my God, I hope they don't keep Vlasic if they're actually serious about trying to make the playoffs. I don't think they're serious about trying to make the playoffs. They're going to tell everybody they are, but look at these contracts. They got, they got to they got to make a, a run to make it, to compete. They got to weather the but storm. Let's be honest here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, suck hard for Bedard, lose hard for Bedard. I mean, mm. I'm fine with that. But I, that's the thing with Bugner is I I'm I feel bad for the guy because look, did I question his deployments? Did a lot of people question his deployments? Some days, yeah. Do, is that me? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to like interrupt things, but I swear to God, I'm hearing something on Skype. Is somebody trying to call right now? <laughs> who, get, who Do we give somebody the phone number? What the hell's going on? <laughs> but um, what was I saying? Oh, oh, it looks as though we, uh, well, oh, that's what it was. Did we lose Eric? Oh, I hate when that happens. I don't want to lose Eric. So anyway, the problems with doing a live show, clearly that was, that must have been Eric trying to call me back. <sighs> man, oh man, let's see if we can get him back here, people. Again, problems with doing live casts at the at the last second. Oi, oi, oi. It's horrible. We'll get him back. So, or maybe we won't. He has a case of the AOLs. So, look, uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. The, it's finally over. <laughs> the GM has been found, evidently, if we believe all the reports that are happening. And the, the best thing, of course, being is that there are a lot of people that are still kind of doubting it until it's actually announced. It, it, look, when has Kevin Weeks ever bullshitted, right? When has Kevin Weeks ever gotten it wrong? That's what I want to know. That is what I want to know. So it looks as though we are unable to get. Oh, poor puck guy. Looks like we can't get him back in. I'm calling, but no hope. So let's finish off with your comments and I'll, we'll wrap this up because obviously there's going to be a lot to talk about tomorrow after the announcement is official and we hear what he is actually asked and we'll see how much information he provides. Now, Doug Wilson, as you know, solid, solid political answers from him. You know, he, he could navigate around a question better than most. So we'll see if Mike possesses that same skill and doesn't touch, you know, doesn't touch the same, <laughs> if you will. We'll, we'll see just how political it is. I hope he's direct, but as we've seen with the Sharks, they like to uh, tiptoe around stuff. Uh, let's get to some, I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep up on uh, 
all the comments here. Uh, let's see. Like a tiger. Uh, you can try and move Vlasic next year. His contract NMC changes to a limited NTC. Exactly. That's what I was saying earlier. It's going to go to a three-team, no trade. He's got to give up three teams. Boom. All of a sudden, that gives you some flexibility. Maybe, you know, and, and granted, the three teams that Vlasic are going to, you know, if he's smart and talks to his agent, he's going to name three teams that are in cap hell, can't afford him, wouldn't want him, whatever it is. That's the smart play. But Chiefs getting up there in age, if you want a cup, and the Sharks are probably going to have to eat some dollars on that. But if you if you want to do we've already seen Marlowe and Thornton had to make that move. So I that's I'm I'm team keep them one more year, but that's for solely selfish reasons for the Sharks not having anything to do with Vlasic. Um, I'm in saying I ho- I'm hoping Greer doesn't end up being a puppet for Hasso. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that Wilson was a pu- if anything. I think Wilson maybe I don't know maybe he had Hasso snowed. A little bit saying, you know, all, all those years of no, nothing longer than five year contracts and all the, all of a sudden he went up. Oh shit. Look at this. I think Eric's back. Let's see. Do we have him? Uh, do you have me? Uh, I don't have video, but you're on audio. All right. Well, we'll go with that right now. I lost power, uh, just a moment ago. Still trying to wipe my back. Of course. What else is new? <sighs> what else? Where uh, were we? Yeah, well, let me finish up with, I'm trying to get to all the comments in here. Uh, let's it. see here from Alexander. I am a Sharks employee from the ice crew, and right now, as I see it, the Toronto Maple Leafs have a better shot at winning a single playoff round than the Sharks have at winning the cup anytime soon. <laughs> okay. You right. You right. Uh, Dave saying uh, Vlasic could move this year if he's willing to wave. Yeah. I mean, if if you're a smart guy and you're going to look at the tea leaves, I mean, bro. Right <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you have limited chances at this. And uh, we, we also what happened to Jumbo this season. He tried, got close, but sadly went to the wrong Florida franchise. And even then, they didn't win it. So. Oh, it is what it is. Uh, I've been pointing out that Vlasic has said he ain't waving anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he'll. I don't think he's going to wave his no move. But again, once that opens up to that three-team no trade, maybe Vlasic is a little more easy to conduct business with. Just saying, you know, people can be creative and inventive. And the other thing that we have to take into account as well. We don't know if there were any handshake deals, things spoken about behind the scenes, but Wilson's known Vlasic since, you know, didn't Wilson draft Vlasic? Yes. Okay, then. That, that was the pick for um, for Kippersoff. Yes, uh, yes, I remember that. So, there you go. It's... Wilson had that long-standing relationship. Greer doesn't have that. He has the fortune to not have that long-standing relationship. So maybe it's easier for Greer to be a little bit more of a hard-ass in yeah. nego- negotiations. Yeah. Um, t- 
Tony pointing out the the Barracuda were was the worst team, thirty one out of thirty one in the AHL. Sharks prospects are highly questionable if they finish last in the AHL like this. No reason for optimism. Now I get what you're saying, Tony, and to a certain extent I agree with you. But I think you also need to take into account that this past season, how many times did CUDA players get called up because the sh- you know there were sharks injuries, there were sharks that went on COVID protocol. That those call ups, you know, if the COVID thing doesn't happen or whatever, maybe they don't get called up. Uh, who knows if they move Middleton? You know, and then maybe that keeps Merkley down with the CUDA longer. So I get what you're saying. And for the most part, I agree with you, but I do think that all the injuries, I mean, the, the Sharks were waving that fact around like a flag, like no other hockey team has played more rookies this season than San Jose. So that speaks to, you know, that it, it's hard to keep putting band-aids on a mortal wound when the Barracuda are, are having to deal with that. But it also speaks to the fact uh, that the Sharks were just, sorely lacking in depth that they had to make all those call-ups. Broden asking, thoughts on Ferraro's next deal? Uh, I think I'd like to hear it fucking announced. (laughs) Butt guy? Oh, great. I lost him again. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little shocked that that deal hasn't been announced yet, to be quite honest with you. So we'll see what happens. Could he get offer sheeted? Yeah, anything can happen. I don't know that you'd see an offer sheet for him, though. Like, I, I digs me some Ferraro, but I think sometimes he might get, uh, I don't know, valued a little higher. I think a lot of people kind of, you know, look at him at a 1-2, and I'm more of a 2-3-3-4 three, three, guy. I think he's a great second-pair guy. I don't know that he's a top-pair guy, at least not to this point. Kid works his fucking ass off, and it, he puts his mind to it. Yeah, I think he he's definitely got the engine. He just needs the reps. He could. I think he could get there. I don't know that he'd get offer sheeted at this point, but anything can happen. Uh, does Greer shop Brent Burns? Holy crap, do I hope so. And does it make it easier to shop him to a team <clears throat> that plays in the same state that his ranch is in, that plays in a state that his former coach is in, that, you know, when he's being coached by that guy, won a pretty significant trophy? Does it help that that team also has his really good buddy that loves to tip in his shots? Uh, does it help that Dallas and Klingberg might be on the outs? I don't know. That could be interesting. I could see that happening. Does again, that's the benefit of the new GM is he doesn't have the long-standing relationships with some of these players. I think we can all agree that there have been times that Doug Wilson has held on too long. Uh, you know, I'm one of the, I loves me some Jumbo, loves me some Patty. But I'll be the first one to say I think both of those players were held on too long as a shark. You know, I'm from the Bill Walsh school. Get rid of them a year too early rather than a year too late. Um, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Uh, none of the major sharks prospects played for the Barracuda last year. Uh, yeah, you're right. For the most point, 
yeah. Uh, but a new arena, new coach with uh, Johnny Mack coming in and uh, newer players. Yeah, it could make things very interesting, especially if the Sharks are able to tidy up whatever it is that they need to deal with uh, and have that path moving forward. Hopefully they don't have another COVID outbreak. Hopefully they don't come into uh, injury issues again. If they can remain healthy, maybe that'll help the uh, CUDA kind of solidify what they have going on. Um, <laughs> a rebel saying, I don't want anybody to go butt burns. You may get your wish. We don't know. You don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Bugner got dicked by the front office. Uh, that seems to be the prevailing wisdom from most people. Uh, I, I, like, I understand them keeping them as long as they did, because maybe it was a kind of a case of, well, our new GM might look at what the coaching staff has done. You have to give Bugner some credit. Again, his deployment sometimes was questionable, but the situation where he was in, where he comes in, takes in, taking over for DeBoer in December of 2019, and he gets saddled with the Barracuda staff, doesn't even get to you know pick his own coaches. Then the following year has to do the entire camp in Arizona, has to play whatever it was, 12 of the first 14 or 14 of the first 16, whatever it was, just spent an ungodly amount of time in Arizona, wasn't able to have the camp that he wanted. And then even coming into the camp this last season, uh, you know, Rocky Thompson bails out at like the last possible minute. He had to find replacement for that. Plus dealing with the whole Evander Kane nonsense. So I got to, you know, let's, let's not burn Bugner and effigy. I think he did some good things. He got this team to play for each other. There were so many games this year. They didn't give up year before with Jones in net or whatever. They would have been waving the right flag after they were down for by two goals, but he got that team to bounce back and at least show a lot of heart. Did they need some more offense to me? That's the big thing. You went from tied for second in offense the next season, you're like 25th. The season after that, you're like 27th. This last season, I think they were it dropped even further. Even though I believe their goals against actually got a little bit better, they couldn't score. How many, the last, what was it, month, month and a half of games, every game that they lost, I think save one, they were it was by one goal if you don't count empty netters. So they were in a lot of those games. They just couldn't find that extra goal. To me, that's something that Mike Greer has his work cut out for him. Have to find some offense for this team. Um, I feel like I droned on a little too long with that one. Uh, Burns from Ivan. Burns is still a serviceable D-man. Could fetch something in return. Hockey Jerk will tell you that 20 ways from Sunday. Absolutely right. He's. I mean, And dude never misses a game. When was the last time he missed a game? What, 2012? Chief does not miss games. So, I mean, if there's a way to make Burns to Dallas happen, even if you have to eat a mill or two off that contract, I think it's worth looking into. I'm just saying something. Uh, Bugner from Iman. Bugner should have been let go in May so he could have got an assistant job somewhere. Yes, in hindsight, I can say that, but for with what we knew at the time, we didn't know if the GM looked at this situation that Bugner had and said, yeah, he's worth one more go. However, that brings me back to a previous thought that I had had was 
Well, the Sharks were kind of in a no-win situation because this is Bugner's last year. How motivating is it for players to play for a lame duck coach? You know, if if, if Bugner chews somebody out in the back of that player's mind, how do we not know that he's going? Yeah, whatever, Chief. You're not going to be here in, in a year. What do I care? Right. So it was kind of like you either needed to let him go or extend him. Maybe the vetting process for the new GM kind of put the brakes on that. If they could have found a GM sooner, they obviously could have gotten that decision sooner. But what are you going to do? Dave B. saying, uh, Vlasic didn't say he wouldn't waive his no move. He just said he signed in San Jose. If he's not one in San Jose and is sent to a place he'll play, it's a good chance he'll waive. Fair point. That it, that is That actually is correct. Yeah, he didn't say he wouldn't waive it. In fact, I remember... Well, you also have to take into account Vlasic loves fucking with the media. He he thoroughly enjoys it. So he's like, you know, I signed here. He didn't say he wouldn't. In fact, at one point during one of the media calls, he said, oh, I have a no move. He he likes fucking with the media. So, and Dave Dave also bringing up, it's all speculation. We'll see the show, what the moves are. And that's the whole thing. That's something I've been complaining about for way too long this summer is just like, Oh, there's so much speculation. Just stop the noise already. I mean, I understand you guys got to find content, but when I hear, you know, 20 minutes on, what is it? PDO, DPO, uh, daily face off DFO. I hear 20 minutes on that, or I hear it on 32 thoughts where it's like speculation. And I'm not saying that those guys don't know their shit, but I'm tired of talking about what might happen. What could happen? Like just, Let's talk about what has happened. <laughs> but the only way we can do that is if something has happened. Oy. Uh let's see some more comments here. Uh we we still know that uh Eric has lost power. Oh, wait a minute. He says he's back on now. Let's we're gonna give this one more try, I suppose. We'll give it the old college try. Oh yo yo can we get him back? Oh, poor Eric. Why can we not get Eric back? Oh, it's terrible. Well, it is what it is. I'm trying here and it's not working. I don't understand. This is a horrible situation. Uh, Steve Spot for Sharks head coach. Uh, no, he's going to be working the power play. In Dallas, to their demise. Quick demise, I would imagine. That's going to suck out loud for Dallas. We'll, we'll see how how uh, quickly that happens. I can only imagine. Oy, oy, oy. Uh, Bugner will never be a head coach again. Oh, I wouldn't bet money on that, sir. I would not bet money on that. NHL loves their retreads. Oh. Uh. Loves the retreads. Uh, Puck, I lost power. Okay. Um, uh, Vlasic will want out the more he sits in the press box. We can only hope. We can only hope. Please. Oh, Mao to Meow. Oh, that's interesting. Asking, uh, what about the Kane grievance? What's your opinion on that? Especially if the Sharks lose. They have Kane's contract back. And his three-team limited. Oh, I hope they work out a deal with the Oilers. Um, 
my opinion on that is, yeah, Greer, the Sharks are kind of held up on certain things until that gets done. Why that is taking so goddamn long, I have no idea. This bullshit about, oh, there's the NHL only has one arbitrator. Really? <laughs> like, I understand they wanted to work with the same person that they worked with from the beginning, but that's that seems a, a bit of a cop-out. So, it does hold him up. Oh, look at that. I am split screen. Cool. We'll, we'll do that just to see if we can get Eric back on here. Um, I'm going to be real interested to see how that plays out. I I don't think... I don't think that the... Um, I think the Sharks may turn out okay in this. Oh, my God, he's back. And we're back. Thank freaking God. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're a bit dark and a bit zoomed in, but I, I, I can take care of at least the zoomed in part. That's fine. You might need some lighting. I'll um, some lighting. Go on. So I don't know what's going to happen with that, with that grievance, but the Sharks, I understand the NHLPA doesn't want precedent set. I get that, but I think this is a kind of a one-off situation. I think the Sharks are going to win. I don't think that they make that play unless they're really goddamn confident that they're going to come out okay. And I think they'd be more than fine to sit there and go, okay, look, we'll pay you, you know, we, we were on the hook. What, what were they on the hook for left? Like $21 million, $24 million, somewhere in that ballpark? So, yeah. So somewhere in that ballpark, I think they'll – they're more than happy to just sit there and go, look, we'll pay you a third of that to just go away and you can go sign with anybody you want, probably the Oilers because all of that worked out really well. So go sign the deal with them or what was it? It was uh, like he could sign a deal, but the Sharks would pay a portion of it or something. Something like that. Or they would play like, a, a, you know, a certain amount, a percentage of it and then trade them to wherever to uh for them to get the rest of it yeah know, like if it's like a seven million deal dollar deal maybe sharks pay like two million for it i'm i'm not i don't i'm not worried that the sharks are gonna get screwed in that deal i just wish that they could get a decision sooner than later of course yeah i think any, because, everybody wants that because it holds up everything it holds up the stuff for the oilers who are looking to trade full yarvi among other things to maybe fit Evander Kane into their into mm -hmm. their plans, you know, and, and it's tough because the Oilers have no second, third, or fourth round picks in this year's draft. You know they want to recoup with something, but you know if they can't recoup anything, you know why would they want to make any deal of that sort? Plus, figure out what they're going to do with Kane, who was, I, if he wasn't the top leading scorer, I think McKinnon tied him at the end. But he was the top leading scorer in the playoffs this past year. Yeah, although did still prove that uh, people can get under his skin. We saw some shenaniganery w between Calgary, so he 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 can still get tilted from time to time. Uh, David H asking uh, felt like Hasso let Doug do his thing. No, uh, the Devaris summer is the only time I vividly remember him getting super involved. Uh, that's no, I've been saying that forever. Hasso hires people that he believes in and lets them do their thing. And let's be honest. If Doug Wilson wasn't dealing with health, health issues, I don't know that he wouldn't currently be the general manager still, you know, I mean, he did a lot of good things for a, a long time, 
he's dug himself a hole. I think he's earned the right to dig himself out of it, but uh, his health has precluded him from that. So we now have Mike Greer. Uh, let's see what else we got here in the chat before we kind of get out of here. We'll just turn this into a Q&A because I think we've already kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of shared our thoughts on everything. Uh, who do you think will go first, Burns or Carlson? Uh, well, I, just based on the contract, like term and money, uh, it's Burns. I don't see anybody touching Carlson's contract with a 10-foot hockey stick. Uh, unless Burns is like, no, nah, I'm good. Or if Carlson is, trade me right fucking now, I didn't come here for a rebuild. You know, he's already said that. Could you, oh my God, could you imagine if Greer comes out tomorrow and said, you know, I've talked to the front office, or, you know, I've talked to Becker, I've talked to Will, I've talked to everybody, talked to Hasso. After missing the playoffs for three straight years, there are contracts that are limiting us. You know, we're in, unless we can move these, we have players that we need to shuffle a bit. And because of that, we're going to go into a limited short rebuild or something, you know, like the next two years It's very much like what Doug said going into 2015 It's like, we're going to take a step backwards so we can go a step forward, you know, multiple right. steps forward the following year. And what do they do? You know, miss the playoffs, then go to the Stanley cup final the next season. Maybe Greer does something like that. And, but if Greer was to say something like that, would Carlson be like, uh, trade me right fucking now? Right. I don't know. It's all fun and games. <laughs> the, this is why this offseason is going to be so interesting. I mean, first and foremost, you have Greer. We'll find out hopefully tomorrow as to what he's thinking and what he wants to do with the team. But what's next? It's almost like there's a lot of shoes that are about to fall here. And first thing will be the draft. Now you'll have a GM in place so you can maybe do something for – uh, free agency, of course, you, again, like you said, the Kane situation kind of is like rearing its ugly head. And granted, you can go over the cap during the summertime, but that'll be making a very interesting decision if if it doesn't go in the Sharks' favor. Well, I mean, the GM position at the draft is ceremonial. Joe, True. Joe Will, Dougie Jr., they've all done the work. The scouts, Tim Burke, they've all done the work. This work... They, Draft packets were handed out like as Valentine's presents. Like these have been around for quite some time. And Doug Wilson Jr. even pointing out on Friday that, you know, that they also got to see a lot of players that because of COVID couldn't play that previous season. Right. So they got more information, data, data, data. All the work has been done. GM just sits there in their in their suit and goes up there and names a name. If anything, I'm almost – I don't even know that I want to see Mike Greer at the draft table in Montreal. I'd be like, no, dude, you got other shit to focus on. Free agency is around the corner. <laughs> like, you have more important things to do than to walk up to you know the podium and say so-and-so, so-and-so. Unless he wants to make a big splash and make a trade. Okay, there is that. That's, there's that. I mean, you know what just... I want to see? I want to see him walk up in that crisp suit – and just before he like makes whatever announcement it is, he just kind of pulls a Superman and just and original Sharks jersey, the re <laughs> the return of the original Sharks logo. That that's that's just me. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd uh, be nice. Tony asking, what UFA scoring talent can the Sharks get to put more goals in the net? What about Kessel to Mill? 
he certainly knows how to score at SAP. Uh, Frank Petrano from NYR, who I think got totally boned by Tampa. But anyway, what bargain talent would give the Sharks scoring? Uh, I, I do like Vetrano. I, mean, I, I love Vetrano. That might actually fit their budget. Dude, uh-huh. I, I loved I, – I thought I, – again, I thought Tampa – didn't he have, like, the game-winning goal against the Sharks and then, like, the next day traded to New York? Yeah. He was <laughs> he was the Panther at the time, then he got traded to the Rangers. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Tampa. I'm sorry. I meant Florida. Yeah, but he scores, like, the game-winning – I think he was the number one star of the game. Yeah. And he gets traded the next day. <laughs> I think he had two goals in that game. That was Jumbo's return. That. Yeah, yeah. I was at the game. Yeah. Oh, my God. I – Andre Pol- I'm look I'm just going down the the list of of UFAs right now and I'm like you know, Andre Palat's going to get paid. Max Domi's a guy. There's a guy that can that can, you know, get some scoring but also is a bumper, you know. Yeah, he's got some grit, but then again, it's I don't know what Sharks are, to me is still essentially a one-line team. You know, it's Hurdle, it's Meyer, it's Couture. On a you know slightly l- level under that, you can say Barabanov, Balsers, perhaps, maybe Dolan, maybe. It's yeah. it's like a one and a half line team. So I think you got to shore that up. Um, Kessel, I'm done with, um, but Vetrano I think is an interesting option, and I'm sure there's going to be other ones out there. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, Chester, oh Chester, buddy, what's rolling, bud? Uh, Good to see you, bud. You guys might have discussed this already. Who's your top choice for for a new head coach? Uh, for me, I'm going to say not a retread. You know, but we, it, but if I get my choice, Marco Sturm. Yeah, because, I, because former Sharks must be always when it comes to the Sharks. <laughs> but this one, but this one makes sense. He this has what head I'm coaching, saying. He has head coaching experience. He got Germany, I think, to the gold medal game four years ago in Pyeongchang. Uh, he, he's What'd right you call now. Me? Excuse you. Uh, he's going to be, for now, the head coach of the Ontario Reign, the LA Kings affiliate. And wonder- can can we talk about how Jay Woodcroft ascended? Exactly. Precisely. I mean, that's that's how you look at it. Like like we mentioned earlier, you know, you wonder if if there's a David Quinn uh, sighting here because of the Rangers tie. Uh, do you look at Andrew Burnett, who did a pretty good job with the Panthers and then just got, you know, heaved toed uh, right after the, the season, after he got swept by the lightning. Um, and mm. th- there, there are some candidates, but it's not like it was two, three weeks ago. No, of course not. Uh, but I, again, I, it's, I just, uh, you know, if somebody, if I hear the word Quinville, I'm going to fucking you oh, know, throw no. myself off a building. No. No, no, no. No. If if you do that, then you you're really gonna lose the fan base like you already have already. Yeah. They can and sit some there. Media but people. but cups. You know that's right. but cups. But <sighs> seriously, odd time <laughs> odd time for the Bugner firing, but it is what it is. Uh, let's get to. Uh, let's see, Marty T. The blue line needs to contribute more offensively. The forwards need to buckle down and actually play defense. I mean, yeah. But um, you know, the, <laughs> when when Carlson is firing off those hundred mile an hour passes, you need players that can you know take them and do them. something with them. Like again, I don't think it's you can say the blue line needs to contribute a bit more offensively. 
I think, yeah, uh, to a certain extent, but, you know, the blue line's job is to get the puck up the ice, and if there's no one to feed it to and to score, you know, what what are you going to do? Right. Um, I, go ahead. I like Skyler's uh, comment in the chat. Joel Ward is another option. Ward, oh, I'm, what, I'm still I'm still get, going down comments. We'll get to that one. Okay, okay my bad. <laughs> my bad. That just caught my eye. I was like, ooh, Ward, oh, yeah. No, Wardo would be very interesting, and it wouldn't. That it's another one that wouldn't surprise me if it happened. So, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, some people saying they would take Puliyarvi if they can make it happen. I, I don't know. I, it's it's not a name that totally excites me. Whatever. Yeah, I, I I'm I think I'm down for it, but uh, nothing. I, I'm almost thinking Yamamoto a little bit more if, if you're going to steal anybody from Ooh, Edmonton. Kaler? Yeah. Give me some Kaler. I, yeah. I, I, dude, I like what you're thinking on that <laughs> one. I, I enjoy that. Uh, Chester asking, when is the Kane ruling supposed to happen? Uh, like a month and a half ago. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, when will it happen? I think it's I, like I think it's going to be, I don't know, like a couple weeks after free agency. Like right. it's it's going to suck. It's yeah. going to suck. Uh, let's see if I can get scroll down a bit more and try to catch up with everything. Do, does Puck Guy pay for his electric electricity <laughs> oh, through hourly up, CDs you know. like his ALL? <laughs> I, I pay with calling cards. Shut up. Oh, loved it. <laughs> Opinion on the speculation that Greer will hire David Quinn. Well, we kind of touched on that already. Yeah. But at this point, like I said, I'm I'm just no no retreads. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna go whole new blood on this and start something new, then let's do it. Yeah. I <clears throat> the other thing I really want to know how long is Mike Greer's contract? That's the other thing. Uh, you, and will they have, even disclose it? Well, you would have to think it's at least three. Otherwise, how are you gonna try to turn this ship around? And when you're looking behind your back after year one, yeah. Oh shit, we got hockey jerk in the house. Oh. Dude, sure. if, you, if dude, if you're around, and you got something to say. How, how hit me up on the Skypey, buddy. Yeah, didn't even notice. Uh, other UFA scoring talent around. Mason Marchment. That's a name that I've heard bandied Ooh, about. Oh yes. You're gonna tell me Brian wouldn't like to have his kid back here? Sure. Uh, Paul Stastny. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little kind of like the uh, over Best Buy date, but maybe you get him for uh, next to nothing. Uh, Yarncrock. Mm. Kelly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Ryan Strom. That's that's a name that makes me a little kind of yeah, things that make you go, hmm. Uh, but I like Jerk. Uh, Got to be a trade. Debrinket, Nylander. Oh, dude, if we could get Nylander. Oh, now oh, we're talking. Dude, I would love to get Nylander. Especially since Toronto just can't stand them. Yeah. That'd oh, be... Dude, I would take Nylander in a fucking heartbeat. Oof. Uh, yeah, see, Dave. Dave's on the same wavelength as me when it comes to the Kane grievance. Uh, you know, he thinks he'll sign a deal and the Sharks will settle for the money he lost. It'll be a small amount. But as long as it doesn't account or doesn't count against the Sharks cap, I'm fine with it. Hasso has deep pockets. He'll pay the freight. Just don't, you know, make it hurt the Sharks against the cap. Because th I think yeah. that'd be kind of fucked up because it's like they did everything right. It was Kane is the one who, you know, did his, his BS. So you got your buddy on. Where is he? Call me. <laughs> Where are you at, bro ham? 
Give me a shout. I don't hear that stupid Skype song ringing in my head. <laughs> like you didn't hear that for like the last 20 minutes uh, ding, 20, ding, trying ding, to get back ding, on. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, bring it on, jerk man. Uh, oh, dude. <laughs> if that was my career, I would tweet who the fuck is Eric Carlson to turn my phone off. Hell yeah. Oh, incoming call. There you go. Where is it? Hey now, do we have Mr. Jerkman on the line? No. Oh, shit. Well, it was worth a shot, wasn't it, everybody? <laughs> this is somebody else. <laughs> so, I have, you know, I'll be honest, I was... Oh? <laughs> I was like, ah, you know what, I'll just let the boys do their thing, I'll listen, it's going to be all good. And then he told me to come on, and there were certain comments where I was like, oh man, I got to say something about yeah, that. dude, and... get on here, coward. Also, right. what do you want to say? <laughs> well, uh, okay. So first things first, I saw a couple people. By the way, is Puck guy here? What's the story? Um, doesn't look like it. Okay, Puck guy, see if you can get back in line. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I might be able to pull this off. Let's see what happens. It's been a real interesting night with for technology. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. We, Eric, oh, you know what though? Eric's been having power issues, so he may be out. Gotcha. Yeah. I Far think, out. Yeah, I think he might be out. Oh, crap. I'm looking at the live feed. It's just the Skype logo. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Okay, watch this. Kaboom. I'm watching. Oh, wait. Nope. Oh, shit. Nope. He's coming back. And he's back. Hold ben, on. Been... Did I throw a grenade on everything? I'm sorry, Eric. No, <sighs> you're fine. All good. Okay. Well, fuck it. We'll go back to this. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, no. He still doesn't have. Uh, still doesn't have video, though. Oh, hang on, hang on. It went right back to my phone uh, for some reason. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hi again. What the shit? Yeah, I know. Like a tiger. Hold on. This this is the most insane thing. Okay, so look, maybe you don't have... I'll drop off. You take over with Jerk. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you, Eric. Yeah. Good. I am I. Good hanging out. <laughs> It's off to you, my friend. Later. All right, cool. man. Well, I, holy shit. I'm afraid to hang up, though. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and there he goes. Oh, my Lord. This is just... I know that I have a one-shot around here. I'm just like... I don't even want to... Oh, Jesus Christ. Look at all the different things I have. Man, I am so prepared for everything but what is happening right now. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. You're just going to be a uh, a Skype thing for right now. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I bet you I can switch over. Let me see. Uh, apologies to everybody watching this dog and pony bullshit. We, there we go. There we go. Let's turn that shit off. We can turn off the fucking scrolling text bullshit. No, no. Turn it off. Turn it all off. For the love of fucking God, turn it all off. I'm literally, I'm literally watching the live stream right now just watching you cycle through everything dude okay all right we're all good it's me and you now all right. sir all right let's let's catch back there up to is. where we were um okay so right. you had some things to say and we'll get back to the uh the the chat which i'm still trying to catch up on oh fuck yeah, you yeah, yeah. D eric stop trying to call me bro it's over <laughs> <laughs> so there were a bunch of things i was reading so i saw one person was saying oh well, what about uh 
You know, I believe I saw, you know, Mason Marchman, Jan mm-hmm. Krog, Mikheyev, Rodriguez. Here's the thing. I like all those players. Uh, it, Paul Stastny, I think he's good player past his best before date. Thank you. Uh, Evan, Evan Rodriguez, I think, played with or uh, I'm sorry, saw pretty inflated numbers this year. But it's a, you could maybe make an argument the same way for Mason Marchman as well. But Mikheyev and Jan Krog, I like those players. They're good players. But for what the Sharks need not good enough you know like if the sharks like if the, if that's who you're targeting why don't you just keep kevin lebank who <laughs> might exactly and you know and obviously as i said you know ufa i think it's for what the sharks need i think ufa is a fool's game you know i was <laughs> i was hoping it was going to be fiala obviously that didn't happen he went to the la kings instead dude you were uh, drooling over fiala dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like come on like this is the thing that killed me right is and, if and, it can't you know, be Kyle I, Connor, bring us Fiala. Well, and you know what I'm trying. You know, my resolution for next season, and it's not next season yet, so I don't, I don't have to hold to this. But my resolution for next season is to not make fun of our listeners as much. But oh, rub a <laughs> lamp. But I've seen a lot of people saying the Sharks need more elite talent, which true, very true. Got to draft it. But then, well, not necessarily, but you know. Here comes an opportunity to bring in elite talent, mm. Fiala. And it's like, oh, we can't pay that price. And it's like, well, you either want it or you don't. Like, <laughs> you don't get both. What did you think um, about the idea of Nylander? Oh, I'm, I'm, and here's the thing, dude. The reason why, and not a lot of people talk about Nylander in our circles, I don't think. Here's the thing, though. We, you know, we listen to, you know, for some reason, we listen to Toronto radio pretty regularly. <laughs> and... The constant that keeps coming up, and I heard it was on Overdrive, I think, I want to say the beginning of last week, it was on Overdrive, where they were saying, you know, is Nylander the type of guy who can step up, you know, raise the intensity level in a playoff series? And it's, you know, immediately, like, you know, when I heard that, I, you know, I'm in the car by myself. When I heard that, I was, like, almost disgusted because, you know, why... You know why? I mean, I understand it's Toronto media, and it's you know it's easy to sort of pick a punching bag, right? But the thing is, you know who led the Maple Leafs in scoring in the playoffs the last two years? Who did? William Nylander. Holy shit! Who done it? Like you, you want to talk about being able to raise the intensity level? <clears throat> Nylander's been the only one who's done it the last two years, dude. I'm saying, I and, was like, I love and, you, you know. And, you know, I've been saying it on Twitter. I know Tiger has been saying it in the Discord. It's like if Toronto run, wants to run Nylander out of town, run him right to San Jose. Oh, you know? dude. Yeah. I'll, yeah pay the, I'll pay the freight on that. And you know what? He's it, There's like it, – it, it's almost kind of like the perfect cocktail, which is why I think it won't happen. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he's he's 26. You know, he's from the same – you know, he's he's a draft before uh, Timo Meyer, so he's kind of in that sort of that sweet spot, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not a kid, but he's not ancient either. And, you know, he's got he's only got two years left and he is gonna be a UFA, but he is at a good number. And, you know, six point nine million, <laughs> which is good for, you know, thirty four goals this year. Mm-hmm. Uh seventeen last year, but that was in fifty one games, thirty one the year before. Like, guy scores goals. Despite the fact that everybody, you know, in Toronto media and Toronto fans hate him for some reason. So, Nylander, yeah, I'd sniff around that if it comes available. Same thing. If Chicago wants to get goofy and trade Alex to Brinkett, I'd sniff around that. A little froggy? 
Yeah, you know, and Elliot Friedman said Chicago was offered, you know, two first round picks and I think a prospect and they said no to it. So I think with that one, you might have to get a little creative. I think there and Ryan and I were talking about this, but I think there you're thinking 11th overall LeBanc for the salary. And I mean, he's a good player. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. Well, like 11th overall LeBanc, Jonathan Dolan, you know, maybe uh, maybe an Aussie Weisblatt, you know, something kind of like that. Well, it's the needle moving. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that we've seen Doug Wilson say time and again that picks are currency for him. Right. And, and, and here's the thing is there's a lot of people, people in our Discord server have rightfully so said. Are you trying to say 11, many people are saying? Many people are saying trading 11th overall for help right now is is a mistake. And I would agree. See, and, and I think if the Sharks were going the rebuild direction, yeah, I would agree too. But, dude, you and I know. That's not what they're doing. Yeah. That's not what they're doing. They're, whether or not you think it's the right decision, that's not what they're doing. They yeah. are go. They and uh, dude, we've done the podcast. How many? You know what? Uh, been a while. I, but but what I'm saying is we've done the podcast. What? You know, 36 weeks a year for the last six years. How many times have I said that? You know, regardless of what the sharks, what you think the sharks are are at, where you think they're at, they are in a position where they have to try. Yep. And. You don't try by rolling the same team out. You try by making your forwards better. And honestly, you know, if I had to choose between 11th overall or a Nylander, a Debrinket, a Pasternak, to me, that's an easy decision. Yeah, you you go for the proven talent. Not, it's not, not, it's the... not like you're trading 11th overall for fucking Pavs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, old, the oldest guy in that threesome is 26. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> when I look at that, I'm going, no, that, I think that's the easy decision. Cause like you're saying, not only is it like, okay, you want to be competitive now, this is the type of move that you make to make that happen. But it's also the fact that you get a proven talent, not a might dude, be better than that talent. Dude, Alex Debrinkit, he's 24. He's going to be 25 in December. Alex Debrinkit slept his way to 41 goals this year. <laughs> Like and, 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 you and it's know, almost now, as if the Sharks could use somebody else at, on the top six to put the puck in the net. And the and and now people are going to say many people will say <laughs> if you get to brink it, you know who who's going to feed who's him? Gonna, who's going to feed him? Who's going to play with him? And and I do agree that that is a bit of a problem because obviously Hurdle, Meyer, and Barabanov. I think personally, I think that line should be locked. And then so you're saying okay to brink it with Couture. I'm not overly thrilled with that idea. So, well, and it, if you remember prior to the beginning of the season, remember Couture had a hard on to play with Dolan. And, right, and and, and I know, think he went a little guy. flaccid as the season went on. Well, we and we've <laughs> talked, but we've talked about Dolan. You know, the whole thing. You know, nothing's been confirmed, but I don't think it takes a surgeon to read the tea leaves on that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and the thing the thing with Debrinkat as well, and then we'll we'll move on is, you know, he's one of those guys, and we've talked about it. You know, the average shooting percentage for the NHL is somewhere, but NHL players, somewhere between nine and ten percent. You know, nine between nine and ten percent of your shots go in. That's the average. Debrinkat is one of those players whose average is whose personal average is higher than the league average. 
you know, he's he's been in the NHL for five seasons now, and his average shooting percentage is 15%. File under, you love to see it. Yeah, so, like, I look at that, and I'm like, dude, fire everything at the net. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's get back to the chat. I, I promise everybody, I, thank you so much for joining us here, 4th of July. Um, this was kind of a last minute, as you could obviously tell from how the stream went earlier. Uh, but I do want to try to catch up with all your comments before we bounce out of here. Dalton kind of uh, touching on the, the sensitive note. I think it's worth discussing. When you look up this news, one thing you see is that Mike Greer is the first African-American hockey GM. Do you think his tenure will be looked at as a diversity hire? I mentioned it earlier. The, the Sharks, this hire, no matter how it goes, it is a feather in their cap that they're the sure. first ones to, you know, have an African American GM. So it is a bit of a feather in the cap. The Sharks have made no bones that they are a very woke franchise, and I don't mean that in the disparaging term that it's somehow become, but it does make me a little nervous that some people might look at this and say, "Oh, it's a diversity hire, blah blah blah." It's like, well, dude, look at Chief's resume. I don't know that you can like make that argument. Well, I, and I was going to say, you know, anybody who says that it's strictly a diversity hire, they're a bunch of, you know, they're a bunch of pigeons. If you ask me, I think it's honestly, I think it's really awesome. Like obviously like the divide, the diversity element of it. I think it's awesome. It's especially, we know what the NHL is. And so to have, you know, this kind of diversity in such a high up position for many reasons, the growth of the game, growth of opportunity, all that kind of stuff. I think it's awesome beyond that or not even beyond that in addition to that you know he's been an assistant coach and i said this on twitter earlier you know he was an assistant coach um he's been an assistant coach with a handful of teams i believe uh he was an assistant coach with the oh i want to say the rangers i know he's bounced around a couple teams but he's also or currently you know until tomorrow so they say uh, you know, he's the, you know, kind of hockey operations advisor, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so with that, you know, that's not a GM role. That's not a president role. That's not a, you know, that I look at that and I'm like, okay, that sounds like a, a role that they give someone to stick around. But when you're in there, you're in the room, you're talking to GMs and AGMs and scouts and presidents and all these kinds of things. That's management experience. You're picking up all kinds of experience and knowledge and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it is a good hire for diversity and for inclusion and for opportunity, but guy's got the resume too. He's a damn good candidate. And I, I can't say if he'll be a good GM or not, but I think he's earned the opportunity to try. Hell yeah. How, is he good friends with Barry Trotz by any chance? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't understand, you know, the hype train on Barry Trotz. Cause I mean, they're yeah, all thinking he, about Washington five years ago, you know? Yeah, but you know, I per I mean, Barry Trotz is a good coach, but I think there's better options available. I know I was I was really hoping Eric was gonna say Rick Tockett earlier when you guys were talking about coaches oh, and he didn't, but um no. but that's okay, you know. But I you know, Rick Tockett I think wouldn't be bad. I like David Quinn. You know, I was we were saying on TTG for years, like well, at least I was, that you know, the Sharks need a coach like David Quinn. And now the real David Quinn's available, so <laughs> <laughs> who's to say? Oh, man. 
Um, you know what? I just saw something pop up on the chat, so I got to check it real quick. Uh, oh, and I'm on real, real quack. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it, it says that we, or somebody, John John says that he did send in a donation using Venmo. Problem is, is that I am literally in the middle of switching phones. So let me uh, take a look here. Oh, John Josie. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, dude. 10 bucks and then another five on top of it. Thank you so much. Uh, what did you have to say? <laughs> dude, <laughs> was there a comment? To the, so, if there's a comment tied to that, let me know. So real quick, I did want to jump in. You know what? So Mike Greer was an assistant coach with the Devils. Yes. You know, yeah, we mentioned that earlier. I want, you know... I, I couldn't remember if it was the Devils or the Rangers. I know he's with the Rangers now, but I couldn't remember if it was <coughs> Devils or Rangers. I almost said Devils, but I was like, no, I think it's the that's, Rangers. No, it's that's a, why I said Rangers. But it was yeah, a scout, coach. scout for the Blackhawks, then yeah. then with the Devils, now with the Rangers. Yeah, assistant coach with the Devils, hockey operations uh, advisor with the Rangers, and you know, in just under twelve hours, GM of the Sharks. Mm-hmm. We'll, I mean, people are saying. Many people Dude, are saying. That, well, and see, that's the funny thing is that a lot of uh, speculation. You know, of course, LeBron set the world on fire when he posted his tweet, and everybody's kind of like, I don't know, you know. So the Sharks are known to, to you know, bullshit and to dangle the shiny object over this way so you don't look over here. But once Kevin Weeks dropped it, it was like, up, oh, fade it complete, it's over. Well, you <laughs> you saw that the Sharks, you know. You saw that they made an announcement that they're going to make an announcement, right? Oh, my favorite. Yeah. Well, uh, like you see that, it's like, okay, dude, who are you? Come yeah, on, stop. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Anthony, coming up with one of my favorite questions. You think the Sharks will get new unis in the next couple of years? Yes. I absolutely think they will. We'll see. I think they will because uh, how long have they been wearing their current ones? The, this organization has never held on to a jersey longer than, what, nine Seasons? Yeah, these ones. The second the, generation went from what ninety seven to oh seven. Yeah, this current version they've been wearing since two thousand seventeen. But the version that this version is based on <laughs> goes to two thousand thirteen. So exactly, as you say, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah. So I'm thinking, uh, I, I th- <clears throat> just based on the the other thing that the sharks are known for is dropping out subtle little hints in certain things. You look at the Sharky tweet when they got the 11th pick, when he posted an image of the 11 on the jersey. It was the original style jersey. It wasn't the current one. You look at every time over the last season or so, whenever there's been like something that the NHL has done or Hockey News or Sportsnet, whoever, when they've posted something like, you know, best logo or whatever, whenever the Sharks respond, it's always with their original logo. Well, and you've seen that other times too. I remember uh, it would have been it would have been 2018, you know, when uh, you know I remember remember the whole thing is Adidas wasn't going to do third jerseys until year two, right? Mm-hmm. And so I remember in 2018, you know, the Sharks were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a third jersey, but you know, can't talk about the development of it. We're still in stealth mode." And it was your buddy Becker, you know, he's like, "Oh, we're still in stealth mode on that one." It's like. Yeah, it's okay. dripping, right. the, dripping those little hints, yeah. man. You have how, to, how how late were you up thinking of that one? You know, like. yeah. <laughs> you have to dis- dissect every little word. 
you know, yeah. and it's one of those ones that when you in the moment you kind of go, I don't fucking get it, and then when it's all revealed, you go, God damn it, how did I not and see that? You know what though? On the flip side of that, I love the snark that has come out of that as well. You know, I I don't think anybody would be shocked to hear this, but we're a bit Snarky. over the top. <laughs> we're a bit o- no, I was gonna say we're a bit over the top when it comes to like Jersey fascination. Sure, and you know, there's obviously you know. People like us, you know, who are over the top and maybe we're a bit nitpicky to a fault. But like if I say to you black armor versus stealth, you know exactly what I'm talking about right away. Mm-hmm. And and I remember same time around 2018 in the summer going into that season. I remember somebody coming out and saying, hey, sharks announced the black armor jersey already. And the sharks came back. The sharks account came back and said. You know, announcement: We still don't wear that jersey. <laughs> I was like, as the as the nerd jersey nerd aficionado, whatever you want to call it, I'm like, I like that. That's fun for me. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I saw uh, you guys. You guys talked about Pulley RV earlier. Yeah, that was, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah, let her rip. I think so. In a vacuum, I like Jesse Pulley RV. Right, fourth overall pick. Um, has very good stats, um, you know, in Finland before he was drafted, obviously in the world juniors as well. And then his little two year escapade that he, uh, had in Finland between Oilers tenures, he was very good as well. And he was decent with the Oilers too. Like people were, Oh my God, two goals in the playoffs. This guy sucks. But like he, since he's come back from Finland, he's put up two pretty solid regular seasons and, you know, I know the haters are going to say that he couldn't do more than what he did while playing with McDavid, and maybe on some level that's true, but I still think he's a good player. And, and you know, if there's a situation where Jesse Pugliarvi can fall into the Sharks' lap, I'd be all about it. You know, the same the same reason that we were kind of hyped about Barabanov and Balsers and Dolan, you know, kind of these unknown gems so to speak right dude it just but, feels like every time every everything is brought up about Pugliarvi I feel like some people many people are saying I should mm-hmm. say some people are saying they're like Niall Yakupov 2.0 like yeah. just I, like I understand, dude has some issues you know I understand why people say that but it's like I mean you know the stats would tell you that that's not true yeah you know and I and I think you know, I do like the player, but I I do also worry about uh, potentially bringing him into the Sharks for this, you know, just because, yeah, he's a good player, but, you know, how useful is he with Nick Benino and John Leonard? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you, it would be like, Puliarvi makes sense if the Sharks don't already have Barabanov. Solid, solid point. Or, unless you just go full scorched earth and you do, you know, Couture, the wily veteran centering Pooley, and Eklund, you just do like the, okay, we're putting you with the veteran top center, you know, hang in there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think Pooley, is one of those guys where you got to put him in a good position. And as much as I would like him on the Sharks, I don't know that he could be in a good position on the Sharks. I feel you. 
so with that, I mean, we've been rolling now for like an hour 15. Probably good time to start wrapping <laughs> shit up. I know. I was getting ready to shut it down, and then you were like, get on Skype. And I'm like, fuck. All right. <laughs> get on there, coward. <laughs> uh, so even though the all the names that have been bandied about, whether it was Garpenloff, Mellonby, Whitney, whoever, uh, looks like it's going to be Greer if everything comes to fruition. So look for that tomorrow on... I don't know, every social media platform channel tomorrow at 11 a.m. Pacific when the Sharks will do the official unveiling introduction, if you will. Um, look, <laughs> Jerk is going to tell you Bugner got the all-time jam job. Jam job, Bob say, got jam job. Yeah, the jam jobber has been jam jobbed. Yeah, so and yeah, you think he ends up anywhere? Okay. Next season. And and D- Dave's mentioned this, and I and I didn't think about this until I saw him mention it. But if you had the choice to get paid to work or get paid to do nothing, I think I would get paid to do nothing. <laughs> Can't there be both? <laughs> because here's the, because here's the thing. Now so he gets and, and paid again, to sit on his ass for a year. This and and this is a million percent, a million percent speculative. Okay, this is me just thinking out loud right but dude uh, there are blogs literally based on that idea right but so for 2022 2023 which is the season coming up the sharks owe bob bugner a million and a half dollars and so which for san jose i feel like that's kind of low but whatever i would agree um so (laughs) that might get you into a downtown condo yeah (laughs) so if if he gets hired somewhere else the um the hiring team you know essentially it's not doesn't actually work this way but the hiring team ostensibly picks up the tab that the sharks owe him mm-hmm. it, it there's more intricacies to it but that's more or less how it is yeah but we're and, also talking about Hassel Platner who has like 1.5 hidden in his couch cushions sure but what i'm saying is you know if bob bugner were to get hired somewhere you know he would no longer, you know, he wouldn't be getting paid by the Sharks. He'd be getting paid by his new team. And, you know, there's no evidence to this. This is, like I said, just me sort of thinking out loud. But if Bob Bugner is a little bit sour that the Sharks fired him the way that they did. Oh, he's just going to fucking he, ride the couch don't you for think a season? He'd, yeah, like, you know, don't you think he would want to be like, no, nah, you know what? You fired me before my deal is up. Eat it. I'm taking your money. Yeah. You're going to pay me to sit on my ass. I you feel know, that. And I. And I and and you know what kind of go in the other way too, and obviously this ended up not happening, but um, you know Vegas, the Golden Knights, they they took care of Peter DeBoer. You know they paid him pretty handsomely, three and a quarter million dollars a year. And same situation this year was his last year on his Vegas contract because of how handsomely Vegas was paying him. I thought he was going to sit the year out, not to spite Vegas, but just because he would be getting paid so well. Of course, he ends up going to Dallas and he gets a million dollar raise. So what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) See, now, do you think that that look that we heard that things weren't necessarily all roses between Klingberg and Dallas? We know Burns has, you know, the ranch. We know he now had the Dallas now has his old coach that he had when he got the Norse and his favorite buddy is in front of the net tipping pucks. What do you think? Share that. I'll be right back. Well, I feel like for the reasons you listed, I kind of feel like people have been 
rightly or wrongly, marrying Burns to the Dallas Stars for probably a year, year and a half now. And, you know, I was kind of tinkering around with a little bit. I don't think with Burns, you know, I, I think we're beyond the point where the Sharks could comfortably come out and say, you know, we want a first round pick and another first round pick and this A prospect, you know, I, I, I we're we're well past that point. Um, but I think Burns, obviously, and I've said it before, you've said it before, AJ, I know you're not here. Uh, but you know, Burns is a guy who still does have value, um, especially to a team like Dallas. So, you know, in tinkering around, you know, is, is there a situation where maybe, you know, I think the sharks, if they do send him to Dallas, maybe they got to bring him down from 8 million to six and a half, which Mm -hmm. it's not ideal to retain salary, but you know, would you rather retain a million and a half or send a draft pick as like a, I hate the word, but like a sweetener, I'd rather just eat the money. And, yeah, especially you know, if the, the whole thing is like trying to get to the next evolution of the Sharks. Exactly. And so if you and, you know, you you get Burns down to six and a half million as opposed to eight million. I think that would be something that Dallas would think about just the way the way their salary cap is kind of set up right now. They're in a position to move some, you know, have some money sort of transition among players. And so then I'm thinking, you know. You have a six and a half million dollar Brent Burns, who's still effective, still a really good player. I know we we bitched about him all year, but you know he was good, um, or at least as good as he could have been. And maybe he I, becomes a little more effective when he's got his buddy in front of the net. Sure, maybe. So you know now you start to look at the roster and you you, you get into. The, I mean, it's easy to say this player, this pick, this this this, but you know you sort of get into the storylines. You read a little bit. You sort of infer the Sharks don't have a second round pick. I bet they love one. You know. You you snipe that up, and I know this one's gonna turn your crank. He was really really good in the bubble. Since the two seasons since the bubble, he's struggled. Maybe the Sharks take a chance on someone like Denis Guryanov, who, Ooh. as an RFA with arbitration rights, signed a one year deal. Dude, I just remember so in the you, bubble, dude. You and I couldn't shut up about him on the court. Well, and you, and that's the thing. So that season, he had 20 goals that season, and then nine goals in the in the bubble, and then COVID season two, the hub season, only 12 goals. This past season, only 11 goals. So clearly, since the bubble season, it's been hard going for him. Maybe, but he's still a good player. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. He is a guy who likes to score goals, and I just wonder. You know, I, I as I said, you know, we're past the days of Brent Burns being that you know player that you can get three, four, or five pieces for. But if Dallas came to you and said, "Hey, get him down to six and a half million, we'll give you Gary Onov in a second. Hey now. If I'm if I'm Mike Greer, take it, run. <laughs> <laughs> Do not look back. And because obviously, as I said, the Sharks don't have a 2022 second. I bet they'd love one. And Gary Onov is kind of a you know he's not a tainted asset, but he is he has slipped a little bit. And I wonder if. A, it's an opportunity to buy low, but B, it's also an opportunity to kind of get him refreshed on a new team. Well, and again, that, this is something I kind of mentioned earlier. Uh, Doug Wilson Jr. talked about uh, on the call on Friday that, you know, this draft, when asked about, you know, like its depth or whatever, he said, no, he goes, this is kind of a, you know, there's, a, you know, the the first three, four, five picks or whatever, kind of like, you know, in stone. After that, you know, a guy that's taken in the second round versus a guy who's taken in the sixth round, people just, they don't know because they weren't able to get a lot of looks at people because of the Rona. 
Mm-hmm. So the the it, like everybody is kind of like at the craps table, and nobody knows what the dice are going to turn up. Well, and 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 that's the thing, and and you know we you I you remember we made the point, um, you know, the the people who say the sharks need to acquire more picks, and you and I made the point that the last three years that's all they've done, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, there were a handful of people who said, well, how good, you know, how good is it to have, you know. 10 third fourth and fifth round picks and it's like dude doesn't matter the round they're all lottery tickets yeah well and that was actually something that i believe uh dougie jr had mentioned on it's 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 not a case of how many picks you have it's how many you hit well and that's a thing and i can tell you from experience i'm sure you've experienced the same thing you know how many times you know how many times i've lost money on a five dollar scratcher but cleaned up on a $1 scratcher. There you go. Just saying. I'm just saying. You know, you may totally fumble the bag on your first round pick, but you could make it up with a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. And I know he's everybody's favorite punching bag right now, but how much have we talked about Goldobin? Sharks fumbled the bag on Goldobin in the 2014 first round. I don't think anybody would argue with that. With that Mueller. <coughs> right. Well, right. But, but then... <laughs> Specifically with 2014, you know, they fumbled the bag in the first round with uh, Nikolai Goldobin, but then sixth round, 171st overall, they picked up Kevin LeBanc. Not a bad player. Yeah, so it's not all bumblefuck hockey up in here. That's but that's what and but that's what I'm <laughs> saying is it doesn't it doesn't matter the round. Every pick, you know, there you are varying degrees, varying degrees of the likelihood, but every pick provides you a chance at an NHL player. So you're telling me there's a chance. So even if the sharks if the sharks rolled up to when is it Friday? Thought it was, they had I thought it was Thursday. Might be, and they had a first and ten sixths. All right, we'll see what you can do. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> do me a favor in the comments. When when the hell is round one? <laughs> thought it was Thursday. Could be Friday. I don't what, know. Whatever day, whatever day the seventh is. Okay. Well, today is the fourth. Five, yeah, six, so Thursday. Thursday. Okay, then there you go. Yeah, I just knew that I was on vacation. So it was like, I'm, I'm, yeah, was I'm going, say. I'm going to be in wine country all weekend for a friend's birthday. So I have no idea. You guys are going to have to text me and tweet me what happens because my ass is either going to be in a tasting room or in a pool. Yeah. I was going to, I was, I was going to say, you know, this last, this last week, there's been a lot of like other stuff going on that trying to figure out. And so I'm like, you know, I've had people text me and I was like, Hey, like, you know, what do you think for free agency? And I'm like, I don't. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to be totally busy. And it, and it kind of upsets me, too, is that besides all the draft stuff, there's a, another sale happening next weekend. So I'm like, God oh, really? damn it. Yeah. So uh, let's finish off some comments here uh, before we get out. Uh, although we should also mention, uh, check the Teal Town uh, Twitter over the next week or so. We might have some exclusive photos of... The old center hung scoreboard leaving and the new one coming in. Um, so there's that. There's going to be a lot to talk about between now and, I mean, Jesus Christ, camp. I mean, there's reverse retro 2.0. There's whatever Sharks jersey that they're going to come out with. Like, I'm telling you, I'm betting that there's that, some, something's that's happening. Not, from what <laughs> many people are saying, many. that that's not going to be a thing until November. Uh, if it happens, it so happens. We'll I'm see. fine with it. Yeah. Well, right. supply chain issues. Uh, Alexander saying, "You guys need to have the urinating tree on someday." I would love that. 
I would love it to him to just do his fucking voice is so awesome. I would love for him to just record our intro and outro. <laughs> we need to find some stipends to cover that. Hmm. Uh, let's see. And then there's, uh, some talk. Okay. You guys are banding about, uh, about the unis. That's talk for another day. That's what we talk about on discord. Come join us. If you don't have access, hit up at hockey underscore jerk. He'll hook you up. So with that, I think we're about done. The sharks tomorrow, less than 12 hours from now, about 11 and a half. All the social media channels should have it. Sharks Audio Network, Sharks Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Every, basically everything but local sports talk radio. and Town USA on YouTube. Yeah, and the uh, – <laughs> <laughs> well, not, they'll all have it. And then, of course, uh, the local sports talk radios will not have it. And NBC, the, the channel that actually broadcasts their games, they're not going to have it. But all the other channels will. So that's all that matters. 11 o'clock so, and they can't fucking get that on there Jesus to, to, to close to clo- oh shout out to Michael thank you Michael um, hey now. to close us out here at least unrelated. somebody thinks that <laughs> have you been have you been seeing all the things coming out of the avalanche uh, cup celebration the only thing that I haven't seen come out of the Colorado avalanche is McFarlane interviewing for the sharks <laughs> right that's what I want uh, but what are you no, talking about you know I was quite, and and I'll share. I'm going to share the the tweet into uh, into the YouTube chat. But there's a really good video of uh, Curtis McDermott completely gooned, holding the cup over his head, and then he just falls over. Oh, that I did see. Dude, how many fucking and, times are you going to dent the shit out of that? Well, and and it's funny because you watch. There's the if you watch that video, there's the guy. He's got the long hair with like the baby blue shirt on. That's one of the keepers of the cup. You noticed as soon as McDermott goes down, he's in there like, "Give me a back, thank you." <laughs> it's like, and we're done. Yeah, move on. Uh, hold on, Matt, Maddie, is that our bro, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I, I think like, so. It could be. Uh, but when uh, AJ, well, with a, with a take, well, with a take like that afterwards, I'm not so sure now. Oh, uh, AJ, will you ever sell any of your jerseys, bro? Instagram.com slash SJ Sharks jerseys. They're all there, bro. Go get them. Many I'm people just saying, are saying. I, I got some on eBay too, but you go through the Instagram, I'll give you a fat ass discount. So, uh, with that, oh, come on. Let, let, we got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight as we just rambled and rambled and rambled and dealt with technical bullshit or whatever. I guarantee you, if you listen to the audio version of this, it'll probably sound great. <laughs> didn't have to deal with any of the other shit so as always we ask you if you could help us out follow us on social media YouTube please hit that subscribe button uh, Twitter whether you follow us individually or just the Teal Town account we appreciate it Instagram obviously there Facebook we pop on Reddit from time to time again if you like to be where the chat never stops hit up at hockey literally never jerk. stops yeah never does at hockey underscore jerk for the discord combination. And uh, if you ever want to support us to keep us commercial free so we don't have to tell you how to manscape or I don't know, or we don't get overrun by fucking gambling ads <laughs> where every five minutes we have to stop and tell you to gamble responsibly because so-and-so is sponsoring this. Uh, you want to help us out? You can always use the super chat option on the live shows like right now or 
whenever the spirit moves you, you can always hit up, hit us up on Venmo like John did earlier tonight. We thank you again for that. Uh, but that's how you keep us commercial free. So we don't have to pull the brakes in the middle of a topic to tell you, I don't know how to mow your lawn, so to speak. You feel me I've on that? that Eric Carl, I've heard Eric Carlson's good at that. Oh, Boy, I put it on the tee, and you just slam the shit out of it. Well, you know, <laughs> it. You know, it. We're we're. I, I'm on, I'm on summer vacation. I've had a lot of time to build up I'm the on uh, vacation. <laughs> I've had a lot of time to build up the, uh, you know, the repertoire. Plus, you know, every. You know, we we talked about it. You know, if the sh- if nothing happens within the, sh- uh, if nothing happens to, or with, or because of the sharks within a seven day period, we're not required to do a show. So. That is true. We've had but, plenty. We've had plenty of time to build up the, uh, build up the firepower, so to speak. Well, and a lot, lots happening this week. Um, just to let you know, it has been. We've been off for a while. I cannot hear anybody say the the name Scandella without hearing Chris Tucker because of you. Just to let <laughs> you know. you're welcome. <laughs> so what? So for now, and I hate playing the prediction game of blah blah blah. But I'm just saying, we do like to place our little our little bets or imaginary sure. bets if you will so where's your money on thursday uh sharks keep 11 or trade 11 oh jeez, dude and oh man okay let me first say the using using my brain the answer is uh you know remains to be seen could go either way because it legitimately could you know a a good deal could fall into the sharks lap right before they're about to pick we don't know but gut feeling based on the vocabulary around where the sharks want to get things back i think they move it and i don't know you know in the next three days i don't know if they get ultra aggressive for somebody like we talked about to bring at kneelander pasternak i mean those are definitely draft trades but I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. I I am leaning. So your to, gut towards, says they're going to move it. My gut says they're going to move it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's for a big name player. It could they could easily do something like eleventh overall for like twenty eight and forty one. I was going to say I mean? that you know the, like that. the player that they like had you know their eyes on could get taken tenth, and then they're like, oh, okay, fuck it, yeah, we got this deal in our back pocket for twenty eight and forty one with somebody else. Let's do that. Well, and you know what, and and I don't I don't have it on good authority. I have it on authority, um, but had I have it on authority that had um, had Eklund not been there at seven, the Sharks would have dumped that pick. I've heard the same thing, and so, I don't mean that in a joking fashion. <laughs> like I said, I don't have it on good authority. I have it on authority. Yeah, I feel you. You I, know, and 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 stuff like this too. I I say it every year. But so I'm going to say it again. It's it's about time. But the, for the draft, just as a, you know, if you want to find something to be excited about, because the draft I think has been pretty boring the last three or four years, pretty much since the pandemic started. But even a year or two before the pandemic, well, it's going it to be kinda, live now. So yeah, but you know, the I think one or two seasons before the pandemic started, I think it was trending towards being not as exciting as previously. But when it comes to the draft, I always I always give the horse eye to the teams that have multiple first round picks. Sure. Right. And you look at Columbus, I mean shit, dude. Columbus is picking at uh 6. 
Columbus is picking at six and twelve. Well, is it this year is, that like Seattle and Arizona own like twenty of the first fifty or something? Yeah, Arizona's got a shitload of second round picks, but for for the fanfare of the first round, right? Like Columbus is picking at six and twelve. Buffalo is picking at nine and sixteen and twenty nine. Uh, Arizona is picking at three twenty seven and thirty two. Winnipeg is picking at uh, Winnipeg's picking at fourteen and twenty nine. So uh, there's Montreal, a lot of picks out there. Yeah, Montreal's picking at one and twenty six. Anaheim is picking at <laughs> dude. We 10 don't need to 22. give the rundown of the no. Of, but but, here's but the thing. my my here's, question was: these, Do you think the Sharks use their pick or do they trade? No, but that but that's what I'm, but that's I'm getting there. So the Sharks are picking at eleventh overall. You have. One, two, three, four, five. You have six picks in the la in the whatever term you know bottom ten of the first round. Let's just say there are six picks in that range that are owned by a team that have another first round pick. All right. So maybe it's a situation. Maybe if the Sharks if they don't get their guy at eleven and they're thinking, ooh, we don't really know. Maybe Arizona says, hey, if we move up, you know, can we move up to 11? We'll give you, as we said, Arizona's got a shitload of picks. We'll give you 27 and 43, and maybe we'll slide you 126. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm all, that a trade like that is on the table, but also, but what about like, a trade, you know, trading 11 for a player like we talked about earlier? The players that we were talking about, you know, to bring it Pasternak Nylander. It's going to be eleventh plus. Then that's like, fine, think, but it's still no, it's, it's fine. But I think you're like, if it's a Neil or I'm sorry, if it's a Debrinket kind of thing, it's a Debrinket is the best of the three. If you if you ask me, so that might be off the table just based on that fact. Chicago may ask too much, but something like like Nylander, like if you can snipe Nylander for like eleventh overall. And a Jonathan Dolan, and then I don't know, maybe one of the BC prospects, maybe a Co. You know, if you can snipe me, because I think the big thing, like eleventh overall, that's the 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 spicy meatball, right? Sure. But a lot of these teams, especially in Toronto's a good example. With you know, obviously they have all their money in a handful of guys. They need cheap depth. Dolan gives you that. With Chicago, if you go the DeBrinket route, they're going to need to be around the cap floor. They're going to need NHL players. LeBanc provides that. Dolan also provides that. <laughs> I think, and and you know, I love to hoard. I love to hoard good young players as much as the next person. But like, if a DeBrinket or a Nylander comes up, you know, here, what do you take? Jonathan Dolan, you know, take Rudolph Spalsers, take Ozzy Weisblatt. You know what I mean? Like, I notice you don't name Barabanov. <laughs> well, no, I mean they just resigned him. Yeah, you know? I know. You're like, fuck you. <laughs> That's my boy. But my, 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 <laughs> but that's my, but my point is, is like people, you know, Sharks fans, you know, media, us, whatever, wherever you want to put us in that pretend, pretend media, right? You know, we say the Sharks need more impact elite players. Well, you're not going to find them. As I said earlier, you're not going to find them in UFA. You're going to have to trade for them. I agree and with you. It's but... smart. It, you know. People want to hoard all the draft picks and all the players, but sometimes you got to trade stuff to make things happen. I agree, but I'm going to say that I think the Sharks, as I stated earlier, they've done their due diligence, they've done their homework, and mm -hmm. I feel as though if I think they're just... Doug, Dougie Jr. 
They've proven it over the last two, three times that he's been at the helm. They're just going to get the the best that they have on their board. It has no idea what they, or it has nothing to do with what they claim are their deficits. Uh, the, we saw, what, wasn't it like two years ago, didn't, didn't take a single defenseman? It was all forwards? Yeah, that was 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, so because it was like, well, th- that player at that time was at the top of our board. And, and I'm glad that that's the philosophy now, right? Because how many times, like I know, and you love to mention this, so I'm not even going to get you? too far into the weeds on it. But, <laughs> you know, we like that stretch where the Sharks were always looking for the next big thing on defense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did we hear, oh, we're deficient, you know, we need help on defense. So we're going to draft a defenseman now. Yeah, it's like, even well, though it's, it's not you, there. Yeah, but, but not even that. But it's like you need help now, so you're picking up an option <laughs> for three years from now. Yeah, if you're lucky. If Yeah, if you're lucky. It's like why, you know. <laughs> you're not getting Kale McCarr in the fourth round. No, but, but not even that. It's like, okay, you want, you know, you need help on the blue line right now. You know, why are you, like, why are you drafting a player that's three, point, three years out? Dude, you know what I mean? It makes check no out, sense. Check out Duvalis in the chat. So I got frack, Kraken fans insistent that having a lot of second round draft picks means getting a guaranteed lot of good young players. I mean, better chances. Better chance. Well, of course, yeah. More picks you have, the more chances. But yeah, that's that's the whole thing. It's like, would you rather have uh, a pick in the top five and then no picks until like I don't know round four? Like say say you could have. Uh, the number four pick overall, but then you don't have a uh, any in the second or the third, but you have two fourth rounders, three fifths, two sixths, and two sevenths. Or would you rather have like, I don't know, f- uh, f- you know, you've you've traded away your first for whatever, but you have three second rounders, three third rounders. You know what I mean? Like you can have the so, one big one or you can have a lot of, it's just that opera. It's that idea of like, yes, if you're picking out of the creme de la creme, like the chances of you hitting on that first in the top five is very high. But if you've got, you know, a lot of picks over the course of the first three rounds, then it also ups your, you know, opportunity to hit. Well, and you know, the example that I made earlier, I think I didn't really think about it until just now, but the example I made earlier is actually a pretty bang on, uh, example. I mean, as as a, as a gambler yourself, you know, what, what gives you a better chance at winning a $5 scratch ticket or five $1 tickets, five $1 tickets. That's what I'm saying. And, and you look at Arizona now for the record, Arizona, they don't have to choose. They have both. But for the purposes of this argument, I'm going to say you have to choose. Would you rather have third overall or would you rather have 34, 36, 43, and 45? I feel you. Arizona has both, so they don't have to choose. <laughs> but if it were me, would I, to your point, would I take a top five pick or would I take four seconds? I would take four seconds. And actually, they had five seconds. And because they had so much extra currency to work with, as Doug Wilson Sr. likes to say, 
the Coyotes traded one of their five second round picks for a college player that didn't want to sign with Minnesota. And, you know, nothing is guaranteed, but this player, you know, it's a pretty smart gamble for Arizona to take. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens across the board. I, <laughs> I think Sorry, the draft I'm, is... I'm, I'm enamored by this weird chunk of hair that won't... Waiting for this haircut to calm down. This <laughs> is <just> very <laughs> odd. I got to get some paste. Uh, we got to wrap just, this up, man. Yeah, but I no, I just think with how you know, I feel like this is the first time in a while we've seen a small handful of teams have a bunch of the picks. You know, as you mentioned, like you know, as you mentioned, Arizona's got four seconds. Seattle's got uh, Seattle's got four seconds as well. Um, and even in the you know in the first round, like I said, there are, there are six or seven teams that have multiple firsts. There's actually two teams that have three firsts, which is crazy. So it's like, okay, you know, do you, if you're Arizona, you probably draft with all of them, but if you're Winnipeg and you've got extra, you've got an extra first and you think you're closer, maybe you say, Hey, you know, we'll take your good player off your hands. Dude, we're living in an era that we can sit there and go, Hey, you know what? You want to talk about a time to be alive? I was alive when a team that went to the Stanley Cup final fucking missed the playoffs so hard the next year. <laughs> With Montreal, right? Yeah. And during that same time, I saw an Anaheim Duck player sign with three different teams, make it to the final each time, and lose every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> when does that shit happen? You know? Yeah, first, I believe, first time in league history that... Someone's lost in the final three years in a row with three different teams. Dude. And it's I just people it's insane. It's and a, you know, you it's, know what? It's, I, well, go ahead and then I'll make my final. I was final just gonna thing. say it's easy it's easy to pick on Corey Perry, but I actually kinda like Corey Perry. I think he's a good player. But yeah, no. He he gets into people's skin, he does his job. But just to see that it was just amazing. I remember talking about this with some f- football buddies of mine towards what w- it was like 06, 07, 08, somewhere in that neck of the woods where it was first off, you had brothers as starting QBs. They win back-to-back Super Bowls with Peyton and then Eli, mm-hmm. right? But also during that course or right in that same time frame, you had a team, the Patriots, go perfect except for, oh, the Super Bowl. but they ran the table on the regular season. And then like the following season, Detroit went over. Yeah. Like I'm like, when are you ever going to see that again? Now, granted Detroit is still a football team. So you could see them go over 16 again. No. Well today over 17 because of the expanded schedule, but to see a team run the table again, you know, last time that happened was what 72. So that was, that was pretty impressed. Uh, I want to get to Matt's question from earlier. He said something about uh, what song would I recommend? Uh, I don't. I'm not a big fan of songs per se. Like I want to hear like a collection of works. Def Leppard has a new album out. It's it's decent. Hailstorm's new album, Chef's Kiss. Uh, Stabbing Westward's new album, Chef's Kiss. So I would recommend Hailstorm and Stabbing Westward. But that's just me. If it's not your jam, it's fine. It's all subjective. Uh, There's a lot of other shit to talk about that we're going to save until we get closer to the beginning of the season. Some of that includes uh, how the Sharks are going to make up for lowering ticket prices. Because believe you me, I have it written down. 
Uh, (laughs) Great America, the big-ass theme park here in Santa Clara has been sold to a developer. Could close as early as six years from now, as late as 11 years from now, but eventually it's going to close. Many people are saying, might that be a location to consider for a new arena for the Sharks? We'll talk about that. Many people are also saying no. Exactly. Uh, Mitchell and Ness have teamed up for a new agreement with the NHL. We'll talk about what that means uh, because Fanatics owns them. So it means more of the same. Unfortunately, because they they made good hats. They did. They make great stuff. Uh, But now Fanatics owns them, which means they no longer do. Uh, We'll be talking about the roster changes, uh, the new center-hung scoreboard, we can get into fun shit like torts to Philly, Cassidy to VGK, DeBoer to Dallas, whatever. Uh, we're, of course, going to cover reverse retro 2.0 when that happens. Draft, free agency, all of that stuff. So, uh, again, so happy that you all stuck with us tonight here. I hope you all had a safe and fun 4th of July. Definitely some fireworks going off. Uh, really, I think it was Kevin Weeks that lit the fuse like LeBron was like yeah I think this is gonna happen and this person but once weeks goes with a video you're like oh shit it's in stone carve it am I wrong (laughs) no not at all (laughs) dude once weeks goes with it you're like oh shit it's happened it's it's what is it it's that office gif it's happening (laughs) (laughs) so with that thank you fuck man what is it about you and I dude we get on the horn boom two hours no problem talk 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 so, I know, I've already been here for almost an hour. I was literally in bed when you told me to get on Skype. See? <laughs> so, thank you guys so much for joining us again. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. Please tell a friend, or just open 10 more YouTube accounts and subscribe with those. We're, we're fine either way. Uh, and we will catch you all, unless a new head coach is announced between now and whenever. Uh, you can probably catch us after day one of the draft. Uh, I believe some conglomerate of either Ian Reed or Mark, uh, Puck Guy, Kevin Lacey, all the, uh, the perhaps Landy, we don't know, but all the ones that followed that draft stuff. Like I said, Jerk and I, we're going to be on vacay. Um, so hit them up. I'm sure they'll uh, have you all hooked up between uh, Thursday and then when it all is over, they'll probably do a recap. And hopefully... No other big, huge nugget of news drops between now and Thursday. But pay attention to us tomorrow at 11 a.m. We should have some, at the very least, some quotes. And check out our YouTube channel. We should have the recap of the broadcast that happens with the introduction of Mike Greer as the next general manager of your San Jose Sharks. Uh, Any final words from you, uh, jerk? (laughs) Time for bed. Good night. Thank you. Enjoy.